Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I mean, I can say at, at this point in our relationship that, yeah, I do love April. I mean, I can tell that there's that level of feeling and emotional connection between the two of us that it has gone to love. Steve is the love of my life. And I mean, I know that he's going to fall in love with someone, and that's the goal, and we both know that. But it's, um, I don't know, sometimes it can be a little bit hard where it's like, does he love her more than me? Is he going to stop loving me? It just gets, I don't know, it's just, it's hard. Like, I hope it's going to be worth it. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Seeking Sister Wife Edition. Oh, wow. What? Oh, <laughs> wow. What an episode. Gosh, who should I even start with? Should we start with the new the new family? I think we should. Um, let's talk about the Epps family. I really want to call Marcus Mr. Peanut and I'm struggling with whether or not that's appropriate. Um, but like, I'm not really ever appropriate on the podcast. So there's that. There's that. I'm going to call him Mr. Peanut. Um, so our first introduction into the Epps family is watching Mr. Peanut, who's got to be around my height, if you guys don't know, is about five feet, um, walk in the door and hearing two grown women say, Daddy's home. Now, listen, I'm not like opposed to somebody calling their partner daddy. I'm sure I've done it a time or two, mostly ironic, but oh, it's just, it's a lot for me. It was a lot to take in. And that's all I'm going to say about that. 
Um, the first time we really get a good look at Mr. Peanut, he's in the interview and he appears to be wearing um, limited to petite length jeans and a Mr. Rogers sweater and a chain and a button down plaid shirt. It was just like a lot of look for such a tiny man. Um, I can't abide by that. So we'll move on. So our couple, as we see it, or our family, whatever this is, uh, are comprised of Marcus, Mr. Peanut, Taryn, and India. They've been living in a polygamous relationship for the past couple of years. Um, Taryn is introduced to us as the wife, whereas India is introduced to us as the fiance. Something that maybe Mr. Peanut should have considered because... is this like a legal marriage? What's what's the situation? And really, what's the terminology here? Because uh, you can't marry her, sir. That's bigamy, baby. So I wouldn't really, you know, I don't really want the smoke if I were him, especially as he tells us that he is some sort of elected official in Ohio. And I really should look up what it is that he was hired to do other than like, I was going to say something mean, but... <laughs> Let me pause and see actually what Marcus's job is. Okay, well, I'm back and that got dark very quickly. So apparently Mike is a council member um, in Euclid, Ohio. But furthermore, apparently he was uh, alleged to have been running some sort of after hours club on a property that he owned that also was the scene of a murder in 2020 in which a young woman was shot and killed um there is a video of uh you know i'm guessing like body cam footage of the police showing up and he's admitting that that is his uh residence or you know a property that he owns rather and uh yeah seems pretty dark seems pretty dark um he also has a host of um violations multiple um housing violations that he has pled not guilty to um the prosecutors are saying that marcus neglected to take care of a duplex house he owns um and that house caught fire in march of 2021 and since then it's been causing trouble for people who live in the other uh part of the duplex because apparently that it had not been cleaned the house had been de- deemed a hazard and you know, it smells, according to this uh, resident, and there are a bunch of rodents. So Marcus claimed to a local news station that he believes all of this is a, quote, political winch hunt by city leaders um, because he was pushing for the Euclid police officers to start wearing body cameras. And he's quoted as saying, when you're somebody who doesn't tote party lines, this is the way Euclid operates. They've always been a bully bullpit in a corrupt government operation and a police department so um yeah i'm not really sure what like the rodents and the obvious uh fire smell from the complaints of the other people who live in that building um have to do with uh the police i mean it seems like that resident has pretty a pretty good complaint on their hands so uh okay Okay, why this man would have gone on television is beyond me, (laughs) beyond me, because he does say at some point that like, he feels like, you know, people judge him because of the the job that he has. And 
they feel like he's a deviant. Which we find out that, frankly, he is. Okay, so let's really get into it. Marcus tells us the heartwarming, air quotes, story about how uh, he met Taryn. A real meet-cute of him um, being a freshman to her junior in college and dating a friend of hers. Seeing a picture of Taryn in this girl's dorm or apartment or whatever and was like, oh... I'm going to make that woman mine. And he proudly pronounces or announces that he uh, took Taryn's virginity. Why he felt the need to do that, I'm not sure. I'll never know. And no answer will will satiate that, that okay? Um, also, does he get his eyebrows threaded? Or waxed? It seemed like he did. Look close next episode and let me know. It, it, those eyebrows look like somebody touched them. Okay, and I'm I'm not against it. Clean them up, sis. But they didn't look great. So if Taryn or India are the ones who got their hands on him, take it to a professional. Okay, take it to a professional. You're gonna have to scoot up high in that chair. Trust me, I know it's uncomfortable, but it's worth it. So then Taryn picks up and tells us the her side of the story, which is that she and Marcus were chugging away for about 10 years. And then she came to find out that Marcus was, um, spread Eagle in every woman in, in local Ohio that he could get his ha- tiny, tiny little hands on. Okay. Um, and she was like, you know, Marcus started doing things that married men probably shouldn't be doing because we didn't have an open relationship or an understanding that Mike or that Marcus should be able to go out and see other people. But then Marcus says that he was um, not allowed to be juggling five or even ten women. Um, I think there's a distinct difference between not allowed and just like running around behind somebody's back. As Taryn just told us that she had no idea that he was stepping out in his little Oshkosh Bugosh jeans and spreading his wiener to whoever wanted it. I mean... For him to be like, I wasn't allowed. You cheated on her. Like, multiple times with multiple women. What are you talking about, sir? He's got a peanut brain. And that's what I'm going to be call- why I'm going to be calling him Mr. Peanut. He's got a peanut-shaped head. That was the original reason. But now we see that he has a peanut brain. And that really solidifies the nickname for me. So anyway, then... Um, Taryn comes back and says that Marcus took advantage of the fact that she was so laid back and eventually she got to a point where she needed to know if their relationship was going to continue. Um, So she decided to move her out and take their daughter with her. And apparently in that time, Marcus waited not a second and (laughs) decided to um, enter into a relationship with India. Um. India really cracked me up because she's like, you know, I'm attracted to Marcus. He's really my speed because, you know, like, I'm not really attracted to very tall men. (laughs) And, you know, another comment that didn't need to be made, much like him saying that he took Taryn's virginity. But um, unlike that comment, I I had a giggle. I had a real chuckle off of that. Um, I love when women have to explain why they're with short men like even subconsciously you know like you know I'm just really not into tall guys (laughs) I love it I really do um so you know he and 
uh, India are now doing their thing. Taryn is sad and a single mother wherever she moved out to. And Taryn says that she moved out for a year. And by the time she and Marcus started to like reconcile and talk to each other, he was fully engaged to India. (laughs) And then initially she was like, I can't do this. I don't want an India living in my house. She needs to get out. But after a couple months, the Stockholm syndrome set in with her and she decided she liked India. And she loves the fact that they can have a relationship with each other that isn't affected by her relationship with Marcus. And Marcus looks at the camera with the biggest, widest shit-eating grin. Like, Yahtzee, I got him. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I did it. I tricked them successfully. These women are prisoners to this very tiny man. Like, he's so small. And I know you guys don't like that I call men short, blah, blah, blah. But like, he's a tiny man, both inside and out. And that's just the truth. So then, oh my God, I really, really, I I really get a headache just thinking about this. India says that when Marcus brought up polygamy, she also wasn't interested. So, you know, I was under the impression that, you know, part of polygamy or at least like the cornerstone of polygamy is that you communicate and that you don't just like try to trick women into doing whatever it is that you feel like you should be doing. Like these are very sinister. Um, I haven't seen a relationship on this show that has started in such a way where it was just like, we are ardently against this and basically just, resigned ourselves to this lifestyle i don't feel like this has happened since uh maybe um oh gosh what the mcgees (laughs) with with barry and what's her name you y'all know from season one or was it season two i think season one where barry was like oh yeah we feel called to polygamy and then um as soon as homegirl uh figured out that they had uh he had started talking to somebody else she was wilding the fuck out and tripping and being rude and really like bullied that woman out of her home <laughs> but even that's different even that is different because she never really took to it she didn't you know i mean barry ended up dying so really she didn't have to it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I mean, I don't want to put put a cloud on the situation, but that's just the truth. But, you know, she she did not go quietly. She certainly didn't. Not like these two. Not like these two. Taryn and India are also very beautiful women. So, like, really, I'm not understanding what's going on here. What is going on here? 
Oh, God. Um, so, like I said, India was not into the situation either. But again, the uh, Stockholm Syndrome seemed to set in with her. And she decided to give it a try. Because she realized how much she loved him. Mm. He was very persistent. She makes sure to mention that. <sighs> I'm really going to have a time with this family. So just in case you guys were wondering, they um, split their days with Marcus. Their nights, rather. You guys know what I mean. Um, they alternate. And India goes on this thing about how, like, everybody thinks that polygamy is just about the sex. And we're all having sex with each other. And we're having orgies to go to bed. And orgies as soon as we wake up. And that's not the case. But you didn't say whether or not you and India hook up with the Or Tara and hook up with each other. I didn't hear that. You just said that you guys weren't having orgies all day and night. So, you know. Let's be clear here. <laughs> So they have two children, biological children in some respect, living in the home with them. They split their time between Florida and Ohio. I guess they go to Florida for the winter. Um, And so he travels back and forth when he's doing his job as a council person. I mean, how much could he possibly be making in like small town Ohio as a council member? Isn't that like, I thought that was like, somewhat a volunteer job (laughs) like not something that would be like a full-time job especially something that would be worth like you traveling back and forth to florida i okay okay i mean i guess he's a landlord so that's probably helping the situation um so they live with two of their children and also one of their they have a son their son's friend also lives with them um so they're all talking in the kitchen about Vina, a new woman that they're courting, but they also uh, let us know that there are other women in the background also courting Marcus, if courting is really the word for that. In this case, I'm unclear, but uh, Vina is somebody who was in Marcus's life about 12 years ago um, and reached out to him and it was like, hey, I know what you guys got going on over there and I'm interested. So this is like their courtship they're very serious courtship that's going on. Um, I can't even believe it. <laughs> I truly can't believe it. Taryn says, you know, it would really suck if, if Mr. Peanut got along with somebody, but we, the other women didn't because we would have to move on from that relationship. And I could tell from Marcus's face that this was brand new information for him. And, uh, also information that he plans on not listening to. Like, you guys think that you guys have autonomy in this situation? You don't. Not a lick of it. And baby, Taryn, India, y'all got a storm coming. A big storm. And I can't wait to see it. Let's move on to the Foley family. Yet another triggering moment for me when he and Brenda, who I'm going to call Brindle because she has like a really bad dye job. That's almost like, you know, I, I, I don't want to compare anybody to animals, but you guys know what a brindle print is and just look at her dye job. Like the similarities are there. I can't help it. I'm a visual person and it really just helps that I like, you know, they teach you to like, like a mnemonic device almost. You gotta, in order to remember, you have to put a special name on it or a special twist or a limerick or whatever. So I'm just going to call her brindle because that's what I see. When I close my eyes, I imagine a brindle, a brindle, animal (laughs) sorry girl (laughs) I can't help it okay 
I can't help it. That's the only way I'm going to remember because she's such a non-factor. She's such like a, for those of you guys who watched Arrested Development, she's like Anne Veal. Like, I feel like I constantly forget that she's there and she's just like a flop. She's kind of a flop. Sorry, Brindle. Um, But anyway, they're pulling up to the construction site of their new home and Brindle says, God, what does she say? I'm nervous, daddy. Ew. Okay. So they're, they used to live in Dallas, but because of the pandemic, Steve, who works in aerospace loosely, was able to, they were able to get out of the city because he can now work remotely. So now they're building the polygamous compound of their dreams. Now they're courting April, as we found out, the 21 year old girl who was half Steve's age. Um, she, you know, like they're in a more most serious relationship with her. They've been talking to her for five months, but they've been in a relationship with her for three months. But apparently she has no idea that this house that they're building is like a polygamous style house because they're still trying to figure things out with her. As we found out in the premiere, April and Brindle don't really get along and there's still some growing pains that need to happen with their relationship, but they don't really get into it other than mentioning kind of loosely that April um, isn't like the best communicator, isn't the best to like talk about her feelings and her emotions and where she's at, but she's recently started opening up more. Steve says that at this point, he's probably more invested in his relationship with April than um, Brindle is, which like, duh, <laughs> obviously. Um, but there needs to be more time for Brindle to get proof from April um, that she's really here for the right reasons. So the next time we see April, they're on a, a group date at a winery in Texas. And listen, I don't want to, I've never been to Texas. I'm told that it's quite hot and I know that there are certain conditions for a winery. I've never uh, heard of Texan wine, but I saw the winery and it was maybe the most depressing, barren, dry, uh, sad winery that I've ever seen. (laughs) And for that, I can't imagine that the wine was that good. But y'all correct me if I'm wrong. If you guys know any uh, local Texas wines that are off the charts... Holler at your girl. So they're, you know, they've got their little wine flights and April's talking about how, yeah, we've been talking about doing this for a long time. Um, And this was like what I envisioned of polygamy is us doing these sorts of dates like that. I'm like, girl, (laughs) you probably only recently have been able to go because you just turned 21. (sighs) Jesus, take the wheel, please. Um... So, you know, they're having a good time, blah, blah, blah. They all go outside. Apparently it's a little bit cold and Brindle gets Steve's uh, jacket to warm herself up. But then Steve is like, hey, since you're so chilly, why don't you go inside so me and April can have some alone time? And their alone time was mostly comprised of like, ugh, weirdly horny stuff, just like long, lingering looks in each other's eyes, uh, She's rubbing his chest like wax on, wax off. He's rubbing the top of her. There was a lot of kissing. It was just weird. It was weird. You know, I often say that you don't really see the chemistry in a lot of these polygamous situations unless they're like the number one girl. And 
even then it just seemed awkward. It seemed really awkward for me. Um, Steve talks about how when they're courting a woman, the first few dates are all group dates. And other than that, they don't really have any sort of guidelines for like what is appropriate and what isn't other than just like general respect and how intimacy isn't introduced until the relationship is like kind of serious. So the producer cuts right to the chase and says, Steve, have you guys had sex? And he's like, yeah. Obviously. Then they decide to, um, oh, sorry. Steve says in a confessional that his, uh, alone time with April have been limited to just like an hour here or there, you know, just enough time to get it in. And, uh, yeah, I, this is bad. This is bad. Steve claims that he's in love with April, in love with her. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, meanwhile, Brindle's inside, just trying to make herself busy all by herself while her dude's making out with another woman who's literally half his age and could be his daughter and says, you know, there are concerns like, you know, Steve is the love of my life and I'm just worried that, you know, maybe he might love somebody else more than me or end up leaving me or you know that maybe the same reason that I entered into the relationship might come back to haunt me you know uh the same like how I kind of slipped into this marriage uh with this couple and then the the original wife left I'm wondering if this might be a self-fulfilling prophecy and hey girl um you know there is a quote that it how you get them is how you lose them and I would just encourage you to maybe, you know, see what Khloe Kardashian's been up to. <laughs> see how well that's been working for her. Sorry, Brindle. Sorry, girl. All right. Moving on to Slick Nick and the Davis sisters. I have another potentially problematic name because I was like going over it and I'm thinking something about the Davis sisters gives me like musical group and then I think of like three sisters in my mind is immediately goes to Heim right but then I'm like "Mm, something about that isn't right and then I thought oh maybe it's like Wilson Phillips (laughs) but you know like in good faith I can't really call uh um was her name also april yeah i can't really call her uh carney wilson even though like she has a carney wilson vibe and i don't mean physically i just mean it's a vibe it's just a vibe and you know i just feel like she's always holding on for one more day and that's just my truth anyway slick neg is still on his hamburger date with danielle and she says in an interview that she's really nervous because this is her first individual date with Nick. They've only ever been out with April and Jennifer and the stakes are really high. Like she really seems to like Nick and wants to make this work. So Nick starts to talk about how many sacrifices Danielle's going to have to make in terms of, you know, her life and her vision of what her future might be like when joining a polygamous family, because uh, apparently that's it. And, how she needs to, in his words, be okay with being locked into a relationship like this. And Danielle just shakes her head really fast. And she's like, yeah, totally. Like, I'm in it. But then in an interview, Danielle says 
that while she does see herself in a relationship like this for the rest of her life, she also needs to wrap her head around the fact that she wanted to go to college and have that typical experience like roommates and stuff. And she really hadn't imagined her future being in a plural relationship and working towards a family so quickly, but she can't complain because she's happy with where they're going and the pace that they're taking it. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I kind of feel like if you have dreams of going to school and having that experience and your potential partner is just like, yeah, your life is not going to be like that at all. You're basically just going to be, uh, getting a job because <laughs> I'm surely not going to. And, uh, crying about how I, uh, free you from thinking, um, you know, that, that's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> that's a really tough pill to swallow. Why wouldn't you want to encourage her to get an education if that's really what she wanted? Because honestly, that really works out better for you in the end to have, you know, a college education can often lead to a higher income so that you don't have to work, Nick. So maybe you should really rethink this whole thing. Nick being just the empathetic and uh, understanding partner says that he has had to sacrifice as well because there have been moments where he's seen all of Wilson Phillips like getting along and getting to know each other and he thought hello where's the attention on me so you know um, not getting the enough attention from the three women that you're having sex with versus your dreams of going to college being slashed. It seems pretty even to me. You're right, Nick. You're right. So with a belly full of hamburger, it's probably been laden with like onion and some sort of special sauce and uh, bread. Nick looks longingly into Danielle's eyes and asks her if she wants to go home. And she grabs his hand and says, sir, absolutely. You know, um, so... <laughs> April and Jennifer are uh, still hopped up on their very generous pours of red blend wine. And they're talking about how excited they are to hear about the date that Nick went on with Danielle and how they're all on the same page as far as the pace of the relationship and how that's going and how they really think a solo date might seal the deal between Nick and uh, Danielle. And it's like, baby, you have no idea. They're pulling up into the driveway to see a lot of things to each other real, real quick. So they walk through the door and it's like, oh my God, you look so cute. Hey girl, you look great. You look great. Love that for you. Hug, hug, hug. And oh, we're so excited to hear about your date and how it went. And uh, Nick's like, yeah, for sure. But um, Danielle and I are just going to go in this back room real quick to uh, have a talk. And so April and Jennifer are have like to like glue the smiles on their faces and be like, okay, cool, great, that's great. So then they have to sit their asses back on the couch and talk about how great it is that they're gonna be, uh, yeah, doing doing stuff, just smashing burgers with each other in the back room. Um, Again, if they're sharing a room and they have a kid, hopefully he's got his other room. And then they say that they specifically go into another room or a um, 
another area of their very tiny house while the other one is being intimate with Nick. Do they just have to like sit in the living room? Do they, is there a third bedroom that they get for like interim deal ceiling? That's what I need to know. I need the specs on this house. Is it three bedroom, two bath? Or like, do they just have to stay in the living room until they finish their talk? Ugh. And are we changing the sheets after? Or are we all getting in your, your bed? Because I think Danielle was uh, spending the night. So like, are we four to the bed? What's the song with from childhood? Roll over, roll over. <laughs> and we all rolled over and one fell out. <laughs> That's how I'm picturing it going. Oh my God. I, I really can't. Um, Jennifer says in a confessional that they trust Nick's judgment and they're really comfortable. And, you know, if that's what they want to do, they're open to it. So as they go back into the bedroom, April and Jennifer are like, oh my God, I'm so happy for them. Clink, clink, girl. I guess we're stuck out here until they're done. Good Lord. I love this show and I hate it. I love it and I hate it. With that, let's end on our prestige family. Uh, Large Wife and Joel Osteen. Large Wife is continuing her reign of terror. And I'm glad that from what I saw on Twitter, like, we're all on the same page of this. Like, Large Wife is diabolical, okay? In the very best way. And I'm living for it. So when we left off with them last week, they had touched down in LA. Did you guys notice that? Okay, so they must have driven from Colorado to L.A. Because they picked Leah up in their truck. He, when he got out of that truck, did you guys notice that he was wearing, like, full cowboy boots? Are those, like, comfortable? <laughs> like, I'm talking, like, knee-length cowboy boots. over t- Jean-tucked-in cowboy boots. Ugh. This man. Every time I look at him, I swear he gets smaller. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com He's about to be Mr. Peanut size in a second. And I can't wait to see it. He deserves that. So they picked up Leah from the airport and they're on the way to their Airbnb. And you know, large wife says that Roberta has been kind of distant and cold towards Leah, which we found out last week. And Leah, you know, doesn't really love it. Roberta's not really loving seemingly like being out of the loop in this relationship. Um, And then Large Wife says, you know, I think it'll be a little bit more challenging for Roberta being on the opposite side. And, you know, I know what I had to go through when a wife is added, you know. 
She wants payback. And you cannot convince me otherwise. Every single time she they talk about Roberta's jealousy, she brings it back to how Roberta just doesn't know and how a large wife had to deal with this. And so there's really no, like, empathy. It's just like, oh, well, it is what it is. I had to go through it. She's going to have to go through it, too. So sorry. Sorry. Like, let's keep it 100. If large wife was, like, invested in making sure Roberta felt better, they would be having these conversations and they would be, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like, for, not fraternizing, but like, uh, they would have a common bond in this situation. And you would think large wife would be like helping her through this, but no, she's throwing her right to the wolves. <laughs> it's really so funny to watch. So large wife's mission, her first mission, well, second, really, Second is procure, procure the potential, right? Uh, excuse me. The first mission is procure the potential, right? We've got Leah. She's here. She's in the flesh. We're all going to be together. Second mission is to insist upon them having a video chat all together with Roberta as soon as possible. Like as soon as they get there, she's ready. Her phone's charged. She's ready to hit up Skype dead ass so in the car on the way to the airport or on the way to the airbnb um large wife is like yeah you know i i think it's really important that we get roberta on the horn and like you know have her uh you know she probably won't be able to talk long but you know i just want to see her i really want to see her like right right now and i want her to see leah sitting right next to joel osteen and i you know it'll be quick but it'll be effective It'll get the point done, right? So Leah's like in the front seat while large wife is in the back. And she's like, yeah, totally. Like, I can't wait to have this video chat with Roberta. Meanwhile, she's rolling her eyes. Nobody but us in the GoPro caught that, right? Um, So Leah says that her issue with Roberta is that she feels like she's doing all the work to try and get to know her. Um, When they do communicate, Leah will ask questions. How are you doing? What's your life like? This, that, and the third. And Roberta will answer the question, but she's not really trying to have a conversation. She's never asked about her kid, what her life is like, what her job is like, nothing. So she just feels like it's it's not gonna work out and she's not sure if it's because of the language barrier or it's just that Bert doesn't like her it's it's the latter girl it's definitely the latter so they get into their airbnb and leah makes a joke about how joel osteen just wants to walk behind them so she can see their boot so he can see their booties and large wife says in a confessional that the her favorite thing about Leah is her sense of humor and how reserved Bert is and how Leah's basically like 180 degrees from Roberta. And now we said it. <laughs> she does not like Roberta. She loves Leah. She also loves that Leah is going to be a foil for Roberta and she's going to be crying and uh, doing all that like she had to do in that um, Mexican vacation crying all over that resort you guys have not seen any sort of chemistry between uh joel osteen and leah right like i've not seen him really express interest in her in the um 
in any of his interviews. I've not seen him really try to talk to her. I've not seen any spark. And the same goes for Leah. Like, I'm not really seeing what she's... I, I don't see any chemistry between them. Not a lick. I, it almost seems like, is this real? <laughs> is Leah really here as a potential? Or is she, like, hired? Has Bert hired her? Did Bert put out a, a Craigslist ad and was like, hey, I um, need to terrorize my husband and get him back for what he's done to me. So I'm willing to pay a hefty fee and uh, TLC will also get you on a camera. I- I'm feeling like this is more than that because remember, like when we saw them at first, he was so excited to meet Bert, couldn't keep his hands off of her, could not wait. And this is like nothing like nothing at all and i'm really waiting to see how this all shakes out so finally they get roberta on the video chat and it you know they still have issues with the language barrier because they're not speaking portuguese her english is just okay so they decide to um you know pull up joel's phone to do the translator app Large wife says she's so excited to see Roberta and how she knows it's got to be really hard for us to be all separate from each other. And Roberta immediately starts crying. Uh, Joel tells Roberta that he loves her, that she's his sweet little sunshine and that he misses her. And then he starts crying. I have not once seen this man shed a single tear for large wife. But he really will get the waterworks for Bert multiple times when they were going to separate. And he was like, I miss her. This is his Robin. And we just need to be honest about that. This is like Bert and Joel are one true loves with each other. They're soulmates. They love each other so much. And Joel's just like along for the ride with large wife and not at all interested in Leah. And you can't tell me otherwise. So large wife is like, okay, do you guys maybe need a little minute to have private time? So they go away. Leah and large wife go away. And we see in an interview that um, uh, large wife says, you know, I just feel like Roberta's in an emotional roller coaster because, you know, she might be feeling left out or replaced. And, you know, if we decide to continue this relationship with Leah, they're going to have to work things out with Roberta. And, you know, I just don't want to start feeling resentful towards her. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joel's still crying. Roberta's crying. And I guess we find out because Roberta lives in a, like, rural area of Brazil. Uh, her connection is spotty. So he has not seen her since Mother's Day. That they don't really video chat that often because the connection's too bad. So she really has to, like, make a concerted effort to be somewhere where they can see each other. Outside, Leah and large wife are talking and Leah's saying that she feels kind of guilty in a way because Roberta doesn't get the same time and opportunities that she might because she's in America and she's concerned about there being issues with jealousy between she and Roberta because she's always felt like Roberta had no interest in trying to get to know her. And then she asks large wife if Leah's relationship with Garrick is dependent upon her relationship with Bert because that might cause some issues and if 
also they might have to slow things down on their end, Leah and and uh, Joel's end, if Roberta might feel uncomfortable. And Large Wife is like, wow, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Then in a confessional, she's like, you know, I'm kind of starting to question if this was the right time to bring in another potential relationship because, you know, Bert hasn't really had to deal with the jealousy yet. So I'm just curious if there might be some sort of battle or something because of it, you know, because she's not had to deal with the jealousy like I've had to. So I just wonder if that might be an issue. Hmm. I guess we'll see. We'll all see, won't we? With that, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Thank Large Wife for being the villain of the season. Thank Mr. Peanut for being a weirdo. Thank Brindle. I'm not really sure what, but we'll just thank her. Love you guys.